Hoody ho! Hello there, ladies and gents. <sighs> Welcome to, what are we at? Episode 29. Um, yeah, I'm just going to get right to the point. This is my friend Talia. I'm so proud to have her as a friend. She is an amazing and brave human being. Um, I hope to talk to her mom sometime because I really feel like she's just like she just does so much for her and we need more people like her um, as we need more people like Talia. And I hope I'm on her. Uh, I should be on her radio show at some point and help support her. Um, she was a fan of the podcast well before I asked her to be on it. Um, the only problem is I asked her to be on it. We did it. And the audio got messed up where I would constantly ask her a question. And then in the middle of it, her audio would just like cut me off, even though it would keep my, I would keep talking, but she would be answering. And then as she finished her answering, there's just a long pause. And then I come in with a question. It got all messed up. So we did it on zoom. Uh, in the, in the very beginning of the podcast, I, I wanted to show you how much of a dumbass I am. I could have edited it out, but why bother? Uh, I butt dialed her while on Zoom on her Facebook, so that happened. <laughs> um, you know, there's like a small problem with the audio, like little kind of like she cuts out a little bit because of it's it's, it's her internet, um, but it's okay. Still really good. It only happens a couple times, so what are you gonna do? Now everything could be perfect, and you know what? Disabled people, we're a little broken, so it, shit happens. Nothing's great. Nothing's perfect, but we manage right so we're gonna manage with this shit um yeah guys so like comment subscribe if you know anybody share it with them if you know anybody that like wants you know anybody who's out there listening and wants to be on the podcast please just message me on facebook or whatever however you can find me i'm not hard to find it's like tg west slash facebook.com dot 96 something like that just you'll find me um yeah so i'll see you guys on the next one uh i promise you guys i'm gonna do a whole year without stoppage um we're over halfway and doesn't mean i'm gonna stop or even take a break i just promised you that and that's gonna continue um got a bunch of interviews lined up and some other podcasts done so we're getting there guys um so i'll see you guys on episode 30 and just please welcome my friend Talia. bye guys I am here with a good friend of mine, and uh, so why don't you just tell me your name and where you're from and obviously what condition you have. Hi, my name's Talia Flores, and I have cerebral palsy. I was born with a form of it called spastic cerebral palsy. I am 25 years old. I am the published author of Games Ticking Time Bomb, currently working on my second book, which focuses on my life and the reasons why I advocate for cerebral palsy right um so you know we'll, we'll ask some of the basic questions but uh obviously is it something you're born with yes cerebral palsy was something i was in unfortunately born with and you know do you want to know the medical terms of it or the funny version see what happened was i, I forgot both. to cancel my time I forgot to cancel my trial after seven days. So God said, here you go. Where you're mm -hmm. sticking with this condition. And the medical terms of it is I was born a few months early. I weighed two pounds, three ounces. 
doctor said I wouldn't make it, but here I am 25 years later sharing my story with the world and society all together. Right. Um, how long was it? How long in did you finally get a diagnosis? I think I was about two and a half. My mom noticed that I wasn't like developing like the rest of the toddlers that she knew. So she took me to many doctors and many specialists. And at first they told her, well, it's because <laughs> she is, I think you're calling me on Facebook. Am I? Oh, yes. Well, I guess I, how did, how did that happen? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, there we go. All right. Gotta love technology, huh? Yeah, uh, I'm on the I'm on Zoom with you and calling you anyway. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So where was I? Uh, you were talking about your diagnosis and and um, how far. So in. with my diagnosis, I was two and a half. My mom noticed that I was developing differently from most toddlers that she knew. So after taking me to many specialists and many doctors, they said. Well, give her a little bit of time. She's preemie, but by the time I was three, I would, I still wasn't progressing. And then finally, they just diagnosed me with cerebral palsy. And then we had to go through the process of accepting that. And I went to United Cerebral Palsy in New York for preschool. And that was one of my best experiences ever. I got to meet friends and I got to love my disability in that way. Was there others there with the same disability? Yes. United Cerebral Palsy was a preschool dedicated oh. to those cerebral palsy. So I got to meet friends that were just like me versus I go out into society and people were like me. Going to UCP for me in New York City was like going to Disney World right. every yeah. day. It didn't feel like school. It was just like a big playground for kids like me. And you obviously weren't treated any different. No, because there was so many kids like me from different backgrounds. And I'm so happy that I got that experience. How were you treated by the staff? The ones that are not like the staff, you? The staff I hate United Cerebral Palsy. You know, it's funny because I still remember all my teachers. Miss Michelle in particularly from 19... 19- from 1990 she was phenomenal at what she did so if I ever come across you thank you for impacting my life and so forth yeah I don't think a lot of people especially along the way they don't really realize what they can do for us Um, because some of them really go out of their way Um, now she Mm -hmm. taught she taught at a school that was specifically for you but there's other people along the way even people who create certain technology for us or or just in general, just are good people and treat us the same. And, you know, it's amazing how much we remember them later in life. Yeah. So United Cerebral Palsy was like a stepping stone for me in regards to my disability and living in society that way. The issue was when I aged, I think I was five and they graduated me to public school. And when I went to PS, PS1 in New York, it what. Well, it was different because now I'm seeing that I'm in a classroom with kids that are able-bodied. Yeah. You know, so could you imagine the difference? 
And the only friend that I had that went to, to PS1 with me was my best friend Danny one at the time. And we were like, but where's the rest of the kids in their wheelchairs? We, we would have dialect about this stuff. Right. And we were the only two kids in our class in a wheelchair. Yeah. So that, that school you went to, was that only preschool? Uh, United Cerebral Palsy, yes. And then PS1 was elementary. Okay. Um, when did school actually start to change for you where it got a lot more, uh, a lot harder for you? A lot harder, I would definitely have to say when I moved to Florida, because when I moved to Florida, they have this program called Exceptional Student Education. And back in 2001, my zone school that I was supposed to go to when I first moved to Florida, didn't have that program yet. So I had, instead of going to school with my cousins, I had to go to school all the way in Hialeah to Amelia Earhart Elementary. And that, that, luckily those teachers, Ms. Ms. Ramos, Ms. Amanda, they were so good with us that it was no different. Then I transferred to Sterling Elementary School. Now, this is interesting with Sterling Elementary. Their special ed class, the ESE, the Exceptional Student Education, their classroom had kids that had more severe cases of different abilities. You know what I'm saying? So when I went in there, I was to advance for their classes. I was the only kid that could read and write and understand what the heck was going on. And there was... No need for me to be in front of a television set watching Barney and Berenstain Bears and Seven Little Monsters. So were they more special needs? Yeah. Yeah, the children. So that year during my IEP meeting, they determined that I was able to go upstairs. Now downstairs was where the special needs kids were. Upstairs is where you were mainstreamed. So going upstairs was like entering. You ever been to? mcdonald's as a kid the playground and you're just like this is amazing yeah when they used to have them that's exactly yeah that's exactly what this was like for me in third grade i i I remember the first day of third grade they put my name on a bulletin board and they said you did it you're going to miss shaw's class now miss shaw phenomenal teacher uh, she explained to the kids that I would be a little bit different, but not to treat me different and that that would not be tolerated in her classroom whatsoever. And Miss Shaw didn't treat me different. So I was able to get along and mainstream very well. I was very advanced, aced all my spelling tests, tests. I actually won the Flat Stanley contest out of the whole state of Florida and in the district of Broward. Yo. Now, was it when you transferred over, was that like a normal class? Yeah, when I transferred over to Ms. Shaw's class, that was mainstream. I was going go to class with able-bodied kids right. 24-7. And it was actually funny because the kids used to fight like, I want to push Talia today. You got her yesterday. So um, <laughs> I, was, I was a very popular kid. Right. So when, when, you know, when did you finally, like, when did you actually realize you were different? Um, I would have to say, and this is a negative, and I don't like talking about negatives, but I'm going to have to for this. I would have to say field day of that year, 
So for those of you who don't know what field day is, it's a day where you all come together and you play sports. Well, I wasn't allowed to play any sports because of my disability and the school didn't want any liability. So I had to sit out and watch all my friends get awards and play. And the only thing I got was a water bottle and a Frisbee. Mm. And that just made you, you just made you not feel like you you actually fit in because you couldn't contribute. Yeah, no, I couldn't contribute. And I remember going home that day crying and it so happened that Disney Channel had a, you know, when Disney Channel used to play original movies back in the day, I don't know if you were a fan of Disney Channel growing up, but they played movies. And this particular evening, they were playing Little Mermaid. And I got to watching it. And I resonated with Ariel because she wanted to be a part of a world that wasn't made for her. She didn't want to be a fish anymore. She wanted to be a human. And I desperately at the time wanted to be an able-bodied human. And once I heard part of that world, it calmed me down. And I told my eight-year-old self, you know what, Talia, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny sometimes, like whether it's entertainment, whatever, music, whatever, we kind of, even though how depressed we can be or frustrated, a lot of times we we can kind of evolve into another world and kind of helps us get through our actual reality, even though it's a fake world that we're putting ourselves in, you know, with Little Mermaid, you know, you can't swim underwater and talk and whatever, but it helped you get through your life and it makes you actually mm-hmm. wish you could live there than where you actually live currently. And, you know, from time to time, I still watch the movie from time to time because it takes me back to that time where, yeah, it takes me back to the time where I thought I couldn't achieve much because of this condition that I didn't really understand. Right. Did you ever feel like it was your fault? Um, yeah, because I came out too early, but I guess in retrospect, that would be my cancellation prize is getting cerebral palsy. So mm-hmm. were you um were you ever bullied? Oh yeah, tons. Uh can I fast forward to middle school? In middle school sure. in the grump of everything, middle school was where I was bullied the most. Uh-huh. Because kids kids are cruel and you go through puberty and you go through changes. And I for one in middle school was the nerd. I was the girl in the wheelchair that was the nerd with at the time because I had issues so I had to get braces and I was the bookworm and everybody knew me for being the nerd and a person with a disability so one day I try to befriend the school's bully and I'm not going to say her name on here but she's since apologized to me since then years later um I try to befriend her And she decides to roll me around in the classroom in my wooden chair that they assigned me until I got really, really dizzy. And it was terrible. It was humiliating. And during this time, there was nobody in the class that defended me. They all laughed. And I remember just coming home crying, hysterical. And then in elementary school, when I transferred to Merrill Lake Elementary, 
Uh, I had just got a pair of new AFOs, like, you know, the braces for your feet and your balance. And mm. they look pretty hideous. I'm not, yeah, they look pretty big and they're bulky and they're made out of metal. So I wore them to school with wide New Balance sneakers. And I was very confident getting on the bus that day. And a little boy says to me, those are ugly. You look disgusting with those on. And yeah, that was a sight of bullying that I was because of my my disability. I remember getting off the bus crying every day because this little boy made fun of me. And it got to the point where my mom just didn't make me wear, wear them anymore because I didn't want to deal with the bullying. And, you know, it's kind of sad that it had to get to that point, you know. Mm. But I'm glad I could overcome it. Although my mom shouldn't have had to have done that. It should have been a talk about exclusion. But back then, it was very little. So, yeah. And in high school, the bullying just intensified. I fit. I didn't face it with the students at the school at my local high school before I was homeschooled. I faced it from the teachers and the and the faculty. In fact, uh, a week before um, Thanksgiving break, I was cornered in a bathroom by two perils because they didn't want to take me to the restroom because I was too much of a eggshell student and they didn't want to deal with it. So that was, that was, that was a lot. And I went through like times where it was very traumatic for me to walk the halls after that. And then in 10th grade, same situation kept, kept happening. And my mom pulls me out of the school and she homeschooled, schooled me all the way to 12th grade where I got my standard diploma and standing ovation at my graduation. I was accepted by by my new peers and I love them all. So shout out to the class of 2014 of Florida Virtual School, go Megabytes. There you go. Wasn't, wasn't there a moment though that made your mom really finally pull you out of there? Wasn't there like a- Oh yeah. Oh yeah, when they, when they did, I don't know if you had this going to school TJ, but um, prior to an IEP meeting, meeting, they make you do an IQ test. So my mom agreed to let the school psychiatrist do the IQ test. And I was in there for hours, building blocks, taking blocks down, answering test questions. And it just, it just frustrated me. It just bored me to to tell you the truth. And we're only in school for five hours. So imagine you go to school in the morning, you get removed from your classes. You're put in a room with no paint, no energy, know nothing and you're told to look at this booklet for five hours you can't talk to nobody you can't be around your peers and the only thing they offer you is candy and gum Hmm. that was the only bright side i got peppermint candy and gum to to keep me focused and um they give me this iq test i'm in there for three days so mind you, I'm already frustrated. So finally, they come in, the testing's over, the IP meeting comes on. They call me, they they call my mom in, and they have the nerve to tell my mom, 
Oh, Tylenia has short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss. She can't comprehend things. She's she, she she's basically what they were trying to say was I was like my IQ was so below that it was best for me to be on a special diploma. And my mom was like, no, that's not happening. My daughter's way too smart for this. I'm yanking her out of the school and she's going to get a standard diploma. And my mother did exactly that. And they said, you know, Miss Flores, we don't see it as being possible, but me, my mother made it happen. Is she your biggest supporter, your mother? Yeah, real, like, woo, she's... She taught me how to be strong. She taught me how to be fierce. She taught me to never allow society to define who I was despite my disability. She's like, no, 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 we're not doing this. That's awesome. Um, And it was so cool. It was so cool to go back to the school, hand them a copy of my standard diploma. Not only that, but a copy of my published book. I bet you, and I bet you made her stronger too. I bet you she learned a lot from you because it's not, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. a, two-way, it's a two-way streak. Could, yeah, it is a two-way streak. And considering the fact that she had me at a very young age, you know, it was the 90s. There was nothing, there was nothing about cerebral palsy anywhere. So I could only imagine what she went through as a single parent before meeting my stepdad and having to learn how to handle a child with a disability has to be tough. I got to hand it to mom, man. She's, she's part of the reason why I'm so strong now today. Yeah. Do you have any siblings? Yes. I have one stepbrother. Um, he came into my life when I was about five and he was about three and we've been close ever since i mean brandon has been one of the most uh phenomenal siblings i could ever ask for even though we're not related biologically he under he understands my disability he supports me with everything in fact for christmas he got me a massager for my bones and my spasms and i i just cried you know, it's just the, he's like, I know you could probably use this. Me and Alejandro thought you could probably use this. And that's his, that's his, uh, that's his, um, girlfriend. And she's phenomenal. And I have a, ne- I have a nephew named Aiden who's in his, his terrible twos right now as we speak, but hmm. he is also phenomenal. What's, um, so yeah, I mean, you talked about your spasm. What, what is like a, a daily, uh, you know, like, what's your daily thing when it comes to dealing with pain? Like, what, what happens that a lot of people... Okay, so know? what happens when I deal with pain, as I like to describe it, cerebral palsy loves to have a party, as I say. I don't like describing it as pain because pain's just negative. Okay. So, have you ever dealt with a computer from the 90s? Of course, yeah. And you know how slow they are. Mm-hmm. That's my brain when I wake up every morning and the stiffness is as tight as you're yanking on a metal bar to open a school door. That's how I would describe my CP and it just hurts really bad. But I have to tell myself to keep smiling and push through it and just write and advocate and 
be the best person that I could be because someone out there needs my story. Yeah. Now, do they come and go or are you always in pain? I'm always in pain. Like right now, I'm in, I'm in pain right now, but I'm still smiling and kicking butt, stomping on CP, as I always say. Right. Now you, uh, w- w- I remember we talked about this. What is, what is sleeping like for you? Sleeping? Okay, I put my head on the pillow, and that's when cerebral palsy decides it wants to have a party and play disco music and start dancing. But usually when I invite Advil PM, I just knock out there you go um I, I believe we talked about this too you didn't you say you take like cbd oil too yeah cbd oil medical marijuana that helps so much that's a lifesaver so it definitely it, it brings the pain down yeah it relaxes me but it gives me the, the only downside to it is that it gives me the munchies and hmm. that's good too because i don't like eating very much. I don't I don't know what it is, but like when I take the the medical marijuana, it just soothes me, it relaxes me, and it doesn't give me the side effects as like an ibuprofen would or a muscle relaxer would. Right. Um, I believe you told me this. Did you didn't you say there's like four different types of cerebral palsy? Yeah, there's four different types. I have spastic dysplasia. There's mixed, there's arteries, and the other one. What's the other one? Dang it, I always forget the other one. The other one, I think, is called... It starts with an H. It's called esplasia. That's what it's called. Okay. What, uh, what, what is it that makes you uh, yours? Like, what, what's so different about yours okay with mine it only affect it it affects my whole entire body mostly my movement because i i have low muscle tone and lack of movement i have to be in a wheelchair and it affects the way my brain thinks so the way like say for example i could use this hand say for example with this hand Hmm. and this hand do you see the difference because we're on we're on zoom but yeah you can see the difference i can move this hand no problem this hand i have to think about it oh okay so it's the spasticity yeah is that like that with your whole body or just certain parts or yeah yeah especially with this side is that your left or right side that's right right okay um are your legs like that? Like, how how much function do you have with your legs? My legs, I have fully functioned, but my legs, due to the cerebral palsy and my dislocated hip, I'm very windswept. So windswept is when your legs are like, they swing in together. It's kind of like, have you ever seen, have you ever seen them try stick together? Are we talking about, uh, I mean, I'm thinking, I mean, have you ever seen two have you ever seen two french fries that stick together yeah that's exactly how my legs are so they're actually attached unless you detach them yes they could become very easily attached and like you have to move them around and change positions okay so they're not officially attached but they can be they can be, and that is a case of scissor legs. So what I do is I put an adapt, adapter in, 
Or I use one of my pillows to keep my legs elevated. Right. Wow. Okay. Now, do you, um, what's, what's, now, I remember you telling me it's like every 40 minutes or every hour you have to, what, what do you have to do? So if I'm in like severe bad pain, I usually ask my mom, hey, can you put a pillow? Or if it's like very mild, I just stay like this or I, I sit up or if I, if I don't do any of those things, I just lay down flat on that, that side of the bed, like upward. But isn't there some sort of like massaging or something you have to do? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah stretches and and all different types of movement my favorite stretch to do is when the person yanks my knee and the bones crack because it relieves it from the tightness how often do you have to do that every day no i mean but how how many times a day three three times a day okay wow uh but it's got to be like routine for you like it's got to be something yeah you're used to at this point yeah, and you always have to do physical therapy because if not, your body gets really, really stiff and it's hard to move around. So I'm constantly having to do that. Well, uh, one of my favorite things to do when it's not too cold outside is do aqua therapy, uh, physical therapy, not so much, but aqua therapy, yes, because I'm able to walk around with the weights and it doesn't hurt as much. Well, that's yeah that's that's awesome um also oh, does your mom do all the work for you yeah my mom and my stepdad they're like a team so if one person can't do it the other person doesn't or if we if we're lucky enough to get a pa in for the day uh-huh. uh sh- she'll do it oh awesome okay so you got a little team with you um I forget like okay so what was um did you I mean what was it like you know when it comes to like prom or any of that stuff was 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 it hard for you to kind of prom um well due to the fact that I was homeschooled I didn't have a traditional prom you know I didn't have a traditional prom what my school wound up doing was they winded up doing doing prom and grad bash together and we had it in Universal Studios. So I didn't get the traditional prom type of feel until I was about 23 years old. And my parents were told about this prom that Team Tebow does called Night to Shine for those with disabilities. Oh, right. I remember you telling me about this. Yes, yes. Tell me a little about that. So it, it was a phenomenal experience to get together with my friends. I bumped into my camp friends from 15 years ago and it was fun to reunite with them and yes i flirted with with a couple guys there but you know it was fun it was it was fun yeah um was it, so that it's a specific like dance for is it for all people with disabilities yes all people with disabilities and it's done once a year and every single church worldwide does it unfortunately due to covid they're not doing it in person this year, which right. is a bummer because I was looking forward to getting my groove on. Right. <laughs> um, before we talk about the things you're doing today and more positive things, what were your, what were some of your your really dark days when it comes to like your mental health? Oh, my mental health journey. It 
spin a hard tassel. Like at 15, I went through depression after my best friend Daniel died. Very difficult time. I faced a lot of anger, survivor guilt, etc. Then at the age of 22, I started to feel trapped in my body and I went through a mental thing there where I discovered I needed to get help when I was getting angry at the simple fact that I had to get a kid's cup at a restaurant or a to-go cup. I said, no, something's wrong here. So I went and received treatment for it. And it's been an ongoing battle ever since that age. But what I what helps me cope with like all the thoughts of suicide and being depressed is writing and advocating for those who who can't really speak up for those emotions because that's the most important thing TJ because the way I see it is I would rather you be in an audience telling me how I helped you versus you giving eulogies at my funeral of what I could have been so that's what I remember well, that's that's a huge problem with our community is a lot of us don't want to step up and not and not even just step up want to support each other um, yeah and you know a lot of the times people are like well why are you going to talk about your mental health aren't you supposed to be a positive influencer i say yes but also i want to talk about the dark side too because sometimes it's not always positive you know you have to get you have to speak the truth and I'm so tired of people sugarcoating that there's no such thing as mental health. Yes, there is a such thing. According to the Cerebral Palsy Foundation, 28% of us go through depression in our 20s. That's mind boggling, and nobody talks about it. But if nobody talks about it, I ding sure am because it's part of advocacy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, so... What are some of the, actually, yeah, actually, before I ask you what you're doing today, what, what are some of the, is there any, well, yeah, yeah I remember you telling me this because you said there's so many, but what are some of the misconceptions about being, uh, oh, dealing with cerebral palsy? At least the ones, that, a, hate, the, one, the ones that stick off the top of your head. Oh, that we're all the same and that everybody with cere cerebral palsy has the same mental capacity and does the same things. And it's like, no, it's not. Every disability has a spectrum and we're not all the same. And we have different abilities and we have different ultra abilities of, and we have to express that. Uh, right. How, how frustrated is that? Because you're a very smart person, but how frustrating is it that a lot of people have a hard time, no matter how smart you are and how many big words you use or whatever, it's hard for them to get past your wheelchair. Oh, it's 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 frustrating a lot of the times. And, you know, it's so funny when people try to insult my intelligence and I tell them the right answer. And they're just like, I didn't think you knew that. I'm like, well, I'm a gift of surprises, aren't I? <laughs> yeah, you are. But more than they will ever understand. Um, yeah, it sucks because, I mean, I was like when you were talking about your the braces and, and just, you know, with the shoes and it's like, it's, it sucks because it's like it's bad enough that you already have the wheelchair, but it seems like you keep having these things that stick out. And especially with high school um, and middle school, like it could be so rough on a regular, just any kid, uh, anybody going yeah, through it. You're problem. going through puberty and you go through puberty, you go through all these changes, but yet you have a disability on top of that. They're like, oh my gosh. 
yeah, all you need to do is have some silly last name or something. They're going to make fun of you. But when you're the kid that's just, you know, up front and you have a wheelchair and it's just, there's no mistaking that you're different. Um, and kids, mm-hmm. kids aren't taught to be accepting. I mean, there's a few good ones out there, but in general, you know, everybody's, you know, especially we're all insecure at some point, but in general, especially as a kid, and when you see someone who you think you can just make below, you know, you can make everyone believe that they're below you. Now you're not the weird kid. I'm, you know, even if they are a little weird, maybe they are just nerdy, but except they're not nerdy and disabled. Um, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, cause I've, in, in, in our community, in the visually impaired community, I've seen visually impaired people make fun of blind people, which is like the most idiotic thing ever, because it's just like, you're a couple yeah. percentages off. Of, of having their site too so why don't you i mean at least accept them but it's like that's the problem like we don't we don't like i said stuff like this is amazing because we can join together and, and fight for all our causes but um like i said it seems like everybody's always trying to get up a level so that they're not at the bottom yeah and we all need to stick together at this point. That's why I agreed to come on your podcast because I was like, look at him. He's doing all this stuff for every community. He's not just focusing on one. He's doing it for everybody. So I commend you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was eventually, I mean, I've been looking for other people and so on. But when I, cerebral palsy is one I've been wanting to get to because I've seen students that I went to school with that had it and um but I didn't know anyone who had it when you reached out to me it was just like a perfect thing I'm just and then I, I didn't know anything about your story and your book and all these other things and it was just like because you never know who listens to your podcast because I know a lot of people who do listen because they're my friends and but when you reached out I like I said it was just like wow like who's this and, and the fact that you have a story attached to it and you, you, you know you have your daily battle um one of the reasons why I asked you about like what are some of your dark days because it's like you are so positive and your good days are pretty much everyone else's bad days like you're having technically you're not for for an average person or whatever you want to call them you're having a bad day because you're always in pain or whatever but your spirit is so much stronger than most people's that it's like you just somehow pull through it yeah and i think it comes from my surroundings and what my parents always taught me too like as a kid I was like I would always get in trouble if I said I couldn't do something or if I like watched something negative on tv like at 10 years old I was I wasn't watching the news every day at five o'clock I was watching Oprah and listening to Robert Kiyosaki and Jim Rome and all these positive people Right. Do you, um, do you ever forget that you have a disability? Yes. To some people, that's a stupid question, but to us, there's a lot of times where I'm watching TV and I just go like, Oh, I'll just sit way back here. I'm like, Oh, I can't do that. Um, Oh yeah. All the time. Especially when I'm listening to country music or if I'm writing some, or if I'm working on an article or something, I'll forget because writing's my writing's always been my escape since I was 15 years old. So So tell me so what what's the, what's the name of your book and what what is it about? 
The name of my book is James Ticking Time Bomb, and it is about a teen father who has a son with cerebral palsy, and he's trying to figure out what to do before his time ends. Okay. Now, is there some like metaphorical meanings? Like, is it is some of this about your life, or is it just a whole other story you created? It's just a whole other story I created, and the model of that story is don't wait for tomorrow, as tomorrow may be too late. Right. And it, it talks about living your life to the best of your ability, even if it takes you a while to figure what you want to do out, because everybody has a purpose. Right. What do you, you what just do you, have to? What do you feel your purpose is? My purpose is to honestly be an advocate and be an author and be the reason why a girl like me that was like me didn't give up. Right. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, I mean, you've overcome so much as it is that um, you probably don't fear very much. No, the only thing I ever actually really feared is heights. Okay. Kind of. It's, it's strange, but yeah. We all have something. Um, so what, what do you, so I mean, I'm, so that's, you know, that same question. Is that basically what everything, like, what are you, what are you passionate about? I'm passionate about advocating, writing, and radio broadcasting. I have my own radio show called the Stomping on TP Radio Show that airs every other Tuesday on Asheville FM during Pass on the Hatchet with Dr. Hyena. Uh, It's a great show, and I recommend you guys check it out. We're doing a couple episodes for 2021. And Dr. Hyena, his segment, he's phenomenal as well. So, does he have any condition or is he just a regular DJ? He's just a regular DJ. That's cool. How did you get involved with that? Okay. So, I'm going to take you back a few years ago. A few years ago, I decided that I wanted to get into get into broadcasting radio. So, I was approached by another radio station in Virginia. I did a hour segment with them then I went back and did a 15 minute segment with them I wanted a place for growth so during the pandemic I got connected with a young woman by the name of Priya uh, Gray who was the founder of DY Able I started advocating with her and she told me about Asheville FM on how they were looking for hosts and that's so I got involved with FM. Oh, that's awesome. How long have you been doing it? I've been doing radio broadcasting a total for about two years. This year makes two years, but I found a new creative way to spread my message of despite the obstacles you face, keep on stomping on TP. Right. Like I said, you let me know because I'm not inviting myself. Just so everyone knows she did invite me. Um, you just let me know when you. Yeah, were... I did invite you. I gotta let you. Yeah, I gotta let you know. I gotta let you know the details. Right now, I'm in the middle of like trying to fix my studio and stuff. But I'll time. let you know. I uh, yeah, I just wanted to make that clear that people don't just think I'm trying to guilt my way onto your show. Um, no, you're you're always welcome on stomping on CP. I appreciate it. Um, is there anything else you want, like, uh, before we end it, like, what, um, what, do you have any messages for 
people with disabilities or or even just people with cerebral palsy? Well, I just want to say this. As I stated a few minutes ago, continue writing your story, embrace your story, because ultimately you're the main characters of your own life. So don't let anybody take control of the pen that you're writing your story with. And despite the obstacles you face, you got to remember to keep on stomping. Right. Um, okay. And you have anything else to say? You say whatever you want. And be sure to follow me on Facebook under Stomping on Cerebral Palsy with Tylea. Instagram is Stomping on CP with Tylea. And Twitter is Stomping on CP01. And YouTube is Tylea Flores. Well, it'll be coming out next week. So what I'll have you do is you'll send me, you send me all your links and I'll put it in the bio. Okay, sure. Um, is there anywhere anyone can get your book? Oh, Amazon. Okay, so I want, I'll, I'll want that link too. And I'll put it all in there and, and that'll be your okay. episode. Um, but yeah, I, I thank you for doing this again. We did this once before, but the audio okay. kind of got all mixed. And But I really appreciate your just being yeah, on my thank podcast. You. Um, tell your mom sometime. I'd love no, to talk no to problem. Her. Anytime, anytime. Yeah. Tell your mom sometime. I'd love to talk to her. I'd like to talk to parents who do so much for their children. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll be sure I'll be sure to tell I'll be sure to tell Mama Stomper that you want to talk to her. I'd love to tell her. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. But yeah, like I said, you know, if you ever need anything, you ever need someone to talk to, just just get a hold of me. I will. Well, it was so nice to hear from you. I have to go to another engagement, unfortunately. So but... do I. We're ending at the right time. I just wanted to make sure you uh, knew. Obviously. You... I'll be sure to see you on Facebook. Keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye.